powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hi, everybody. Happy Thursday. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Please, please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before we get into the episode, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, Mayrov Zur. What an absolute delight to have had her come on the show and tell the story behind her incredible one-woman show, Inconceivable, the totally true one-woman semi-fertile quasi-musical, which is, by the way, so much fun to say. If you haven't had a chance to check out the interview, I encourage you to do so after the conclusion of this episode, and I want to wish Mayrov all the best uh, for her future. She is an absolutely amazing person. All right, so welcome to episode 105. We have a very good episode in store for you today. We have on the show professional broadcaster Bruce Wozniak. He will be talking about how he got started in this business, his considerable success with his brand at Now Hear This, which is a platform that services music clients in all areas, ranging from management to promotion to booking. Plus, Bruce has got a very good insight into the current state of podcasting. And you know what? There's so much more we cover as well. So let's get Bruce out here. Duval Nation, please rise to your feet and welcome all the way from Tampa Bay, Florida, Mr. Bruce Wozniak. Bruce, welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How has the weather been out by you today? Well, I live in Tampa, Florida, so the weather is pretty much always good here. <laughs> you know, there's like four days in February that we consider winter. <laughs> awesome. So I start my interviews off with the same question, reflecting these interesting times that we're living in. How has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? Well, I have two answers to that. The COVID-19 itself, I actually fell victim to that in end of January, 2021. I was in the hospital for a week came home and I got worse before I got better. But I'm very, very, very thankful to be able to say that I have no after effects of it whatsoever. And it's a thing of the past. If you saw me, you would never know that I had it. And the other answer to that is on the business side, strangely, I felt like I saw little to no impact on my business during COVID. And because I do live in Florida, you know, as, as I saw one comedian say, you know, COVID lasted in Florida for like a long weekend. Um, so, you know, our, our Maverick governor being the, the, the we're open for business kind of guy that he is, you know, things seemed, things felt about as close to normal as they could be during a worldwide pandemic. And so I was thrilled uh, that it had a very minor impact on my business. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born? And what was it like growing up there? Well, you know, this question is interesting to me because I have lived in Florida for, it'll be 22 years now. 
in September. And I'm to the point where I actually tell people that I'm from here because I love living here so much because I have lived here for so long. Tampa in particular is where I live. And I have lived in this part of the state for more than 20 years now. And there's something about Tampa that just really, really is, even my mom will say, you know, it's really great for you. She acknowledges that like, that's where you belong. I lived in Jacksonville for a year and a half before I came down to Tampa. And I don't have anything bad to say about Jacksonville. I just have so much good to say about Tampa. And really, it's a case of, I've heard people say bad things about Jacksonville, which I don't take offense to, but I kind of scratch my head and say, I lived there. I didn't mind it. I don't have anything bad to say. And honestly, Derek, I laugh because there has been times when I only half kiddingly will say, which I guess means I'm half serious, that maybe I should really be working for the Tampa Convention and Visitors Bureau because I am such a big booster of the Tampa Bay area. This is this is absolutely home for me, and I think it would take something awfully, awfully special, awfully special to get me to move away from here. So do you have any favorite memories of attending Mud Dye College? It's funny that you ask that because I actually just had a phone call a week ago with their new director of alumni, and Madai is where I got my start in broadcasting. And the funny story there is I can still remember sitting there and being the college student who would be sitting up straight and listening to the teacher say, I got bad news for you. You're going to get a great, great education here, but it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I would proudly puff my chest out and say, no, I'm going to be different. It's going to be about what I know because I'm going to get good grades. And lo and behold, I started finding out that it is, in fact, who you know. And the same professor also said, you're going to start in the broadcasting world. You're going to start in the bottom of the totem pole position. You're going to have terrible hours. You're going to get terrible pay. And lo and behold, he was right. However, even though I was at the bottom of the totem pole with terrible hours and terrible pay, I really, because of that school, I was able to get into a couple of radio jobs as a college student, not to mention working at the college radio station. And amazingly, I graduated with a degree in media communications. While I was there, I felt like my concentration was broadcasting. I ended up going into public relations. And yet all these years later, broadcasting has always followed me around. And I've done everything from radio to television to web broadcast to certainly lots of podcasting also, which I know the old diehard broadcasters would say podcasting isn't broadcasting. Uh, I would disagree, and I actually am to this day still doing broadcasting of University of Tampa men's and women's lacrosse games and a good deal of the women's softball games too. And I still say that all goes back to my college days and the opportunities that, that I was able to get as a student there. That's amazing that you can pinpoint the exact moment when you decided to make this your chosen profession. That's that's very inspiring. Well, thank you. And I think that when I went to Madai, they had a reputation at the time as being kind of the college to go to if you're going to get into broadcasting, if you're going to get into media communications. So I probably was, I don't want to say biased, but I probably knew going in, I'm in the right place for it. And then, as I said, they surrounded me with what I needed to be successful in getting started, not only the campus radio station, but having a good track record of placing interns 
into positions where you'd get practical real world hand-on experience and not being the person who carries up a bottle of water, carries up, and when I say bottle of water, I mean the huge jug for the water cooler, carrying up a case of paper, standing over the copy machine all day. So yes, absolutely. I was very fortunate to be in a good position to say, this is what I want to do and have them point me in the right direction. How did you come to found Now Hear This? I love telling this story. Now Hear This is a company that I founded because I had started working for the International Softball Federation, which is the world governing body for the sport of softball. And so at our world headquarters, there was full facilities and there would be international softball tournaments there. And no sooner did they hire me than did they say, we're going to be having a tournament here. And as I talked to the person who was kind of organizing it, she just happened to mention that we would need a national anthem singer. And Every Sunday in church, I would hear this one girl who would sing that I thought, boy, she's so talented. I think more people need to hear her voice because she's really good. And I approached her one Sunday before I left church and said, do you ever sing outside the church? She said, yeah, you know, here and there, you know, county fairs or festivals, or she kind of described some of the things that she does. And I said, well, I'd love to help you if you, if you want my help, because I just think you're really talented. More people need to hear your voice. And initially she kind of backed off and said, oh, thank you. But no, my dad helps me out with it. And her dad was just an attorney. And I was explaining to her that this is my whole background, being a promoter, being in public relations. This is what I do. And I think the dad got wind of it and thought, well, wait a minute, this guy hasn't said anything about wanting any money for helping us. And he knows more about it than I do as an attorney. So why wouldn't we take advantage of this? So I started helping her out and started getting results. And the more that they saw that I was getting results for her, the more we really started to turn it into a more formal working relationship. And then the wheels started to turn in my head. And I thought, well, if I'm having this success with her, I can have it with others. I need to launch my own company and do this for more than just helping out, quote unquote, a girl at church. And that's when Now Hear This was created. That being said, how hard was it to get yourself established in this business? It was difficult. At the same time, I also made some relationships fast enough that I kind of knew where to go to find new business. And then it's just a case of repeating the same success that I had with the first quote unquote client, because now I was starting to get the reps. Now I was starting to meet the people who could open some doors. And that always leads to being able to get opportunities for your clients. The relationships aren't necessarily to help you directly. It's what can this person do for me that's going to benefit one of my clients. And so all of a sudden, I'm able to start placing these people, especially because back in that time, my main focus was management promotion and booking. And performers just like to hear that last word. This is someone that's going to get me booked more. And so once you start getting them those and you get them better and better opportunities, well, now you have a success story to tell. So now you can get them, say, on a TV morning show or interviewed on the radio, written about in the local newspaper. So again, I was able to do this at my own pace because I was still doing it alongside my permanent full-time job with softball. At the same time, because it was so exciting to me, because I was getting results, I thought, hey, this is something that's building some momentum and, and I need to be pointed towards the day when this is all that I'm going to do. That's awesome. 
That really is awesome. Um, I will ask this question, and we mentioned earlier uh, broadcasting and podcasting. Based on how long you've been doing this, would you consider yourself to be one of the OG legacy podcasters? I do not, only because I do hear about the folks that have been doing it, gosh, probably 10 years longer than I have. I know a couple people myself that have been doing it that long. I know some people that haven't been doing it that long, yet they've been doing it longer than me. So I still, as much as I have been visible in the podcasting community and I speak at podcasting events around the country, I still, to some extent, consider myself an outlier and I don't look for the limelight. I don't look for being recognized as someone who you think of automatically when it comes to podcasting. I'm more someone that just kind of puts my head down, gets the work done, is consistent, and just continues to deliver what I promised my audience week after week, month after month, year after year. The OG people, obviously, you have to give them the respect. You have to set yourself up to where you can learn from them. And at the same time, establish a name for yourself by, in my opinion, doing something that's truly important, which is longevity. You can't go into podcasting thinking, I'm going to try this out and I'll give it six months and see how I like it at the end, because now you've already kind of put an expiration date on it and it's an easy out for yourself. So my commitment has been, I see these folks that have been doing it for so many years. It's obviously here to stay. It's only getting more popular. So I'm in it for the long haul. I will say this. I've been doing it now for three years. And in my time doing this, I've been very fortunate. I've made great uh, friends in the community. And that's one thing I will say also, the podcasting community as a whole, very supportive. Very rare do you see any cutthroat behavior. But I will say this. In the three years I've been doing it, you see two different kinds of people, in my opinion. you got the ones who want to try and make it rich. And you got the ones who do this as a weekend hobby with their friends. And it's amazing to see you know, the, the level of professionalism on both sides. And again, like I said, I'm still, like I said, three years into the game, but I love seeing that creative side meet the professional side. Yeah, I have found that, quote unquote, even the people who are just doing it recreationally, they still, you can tell that they're enjoying it. And I have been a guest on some of those shows and you get caught up in the camaraderie, especially some of them seem to have co-hosts and you can kind of tell that whether it's recreational for them or not, they're genuinely enjoying doing it, which really makes it as a guest, something that's easy to get swept up in, in a good way. And so I don't put them on a different level from the ones who are just in it to make money because they're both committed to it just for different reasons. That's a very good point. I like that. Very, very good point. Okay, Duval Nation, we are going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Bruce Wozniak. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long, deep breaths, you know, Clouseau style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Give a couple of friends of the show your attention, and we will be right back. 
X Radio X. We are two ex-college radio guys who became ex-professional radio guys who are now professionally guys in other professions. Tune in as we discuss music. Okay, right there. Let's just stop right there <laughs> for a moment. That up. We don't. All right. Let's just break down those three things. I feel like we're playing one of these things is not like the other, but the answer is every single one of these things is not like the other. That's right. The state of radio today. In the year 2525. 25. Oh, I love that you're singing. You're welcome. And anything else that pops in our heads. See, you're you're stuck in an infinity loop if you don't take <laughs> the am. pill, because then you'll never know to take it again. <laughs> it's not like hip-hop, good, marmalade, eh, spick and span, great for cleaning. He didn't say anything. Even if we come back, things will never be the same again. Dun, 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 dun. It's the final <laughs> countdown. I don't know that I, I can't, I can't with confidence say that I want it that way because that would mean I know what that way is. X Radio X, listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hey, this is Patrick Baker, and you are listening to The Derek Duvall Show. Check out my new single, Sorrow, available on all major streaming platforms. And you can check my site out at patrickbakermusic.com. Don't leave my upper Duval Nation, Derek and Mindy Duval here to talk about Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products. The Derek Duval Show and Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies is proud to be sponsored by the team at Jerky Pro. As a veteran, I am always the first to support veteran-owned businesses. Setting up shop in 1987 and founded by military and paramilitary veterans, they have set the bar for how beef jerky is processed, flavored, packaged, and sold. With strict quality control standards, Jerky Pro offers many flavors that are sure to please any beef jerky connoisseur. From the standard original flavor to honey glazed, peppered, teriyaki, sweet barbecue, or if you're brave enough, the fierce red hot, there are many flavors guaranteed to entice your palate. Offered in various sized packaging, use promo code DUBALL37, all in capital letters, at checkout to receive a 5% discount. Remember, folks, if your beef jerky is not making your mouth water, then it's not Jerky Pro Beef Jerky. Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products.
Hi, it's Michelle Fabre, and you can hear my new single, Last Chance for Love, on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other streaming platforms. Last chance for love, last chance for love. Can we make it? Just tell me so. Hello everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 105 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with the founder of Now Hear This, Mr. Bruce Wozniak. Tell us about Now Hear This Entertainment, and, and don't be afraid to mic drop, okay? Because you've got some absolutely amazing accomplishments with all that that your show has obtained. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Now Hear This Entertainment, I have been doing that every week since February 2014. And interestingly, when I first started it, I thought it was just going to be a marketing tool for my business. Because again, if you go back to what we talked about before, that here I was doing management promotion and booking for performers, my thinking was, well, maybe somebody will be listening to my show in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for example. And he or she will say, well, this Bruce guy sounds like he knows his stuff. I wonder if he can manage and promote me from across the miles. And then as I went along, podcasting became what it is now. I also started to see the level of guests that I was getting, I was building relationships with these guests and the whole puzzle kind of came together. And I thought I can raise my profile and the profile of my company. And as a result, I can attract good guests who I can then turn around and service my clients better as a result of, because if all of a sudden you can connect somebody with the keyboard player for Aerosmith or, and, and these are actual guests that I've had on now here, this entertainment the lead guitar player for Garth Brooks, the drummer for Cheap Trick, the bass player for Pink, the trumpet player for Billy Joel, all of a sudden your clients say, wow, Bruce is really well connected and he's really getting me some opportunities because obviously they come to you with some sort of problem that they're looking for you to solve. And of course, they want to get more well-known. They want their music to be more widely distributed and so on and so on. And so if I'm interviewing people, and these are conversations, of course, now here, this entertainment, the episodes are 45, 50, 55 minutes, sometimes an hour long. So you figure by the time I'm actually done with that person and hanging up, we've been on the phone for more than an hour. So it really is an opportunity to actually establish the foundation for a relationship, which then they see these guests that I am liking their Instagram posts or commenting on their posts, or I will actually let them know I'm coming to Nashville. Let's get together for breakfast while I'm in town. I'm coming to LA. Let's get together for lunch while I'm out there. And they see, okay, Bruce isn't quote unquote, just a podcaster. He's someone that's invested in relationships. And that's how these things all kind of manifest 
And so it does get exciting and you just get to hear so many new stories. You get to hear so many great tips and you just get to meet some genuinely nice people that it just keeps me going from week to week without ever thinking, is it about time? Is eight years long enough for this show? And there's no shortage of guests out there. So I think I get encouraged by all these results that I'm talking about. And then to find out along the way that, oh, by the way, it happens to be top 2% most popular podcast out of more than 2.8 million podcasts globally and 157 countries around the world where the show has gotten listeners from, it's real easy to stay motivated to do it then. I want to ask you this one question and how I'm going to word this, please go with me, is in all the time you've been doing this now since 2014, all the shows you've done, who is the top face on the Mount Rushmore of your guests you've had? Huh, the top face. You know, when I tell people some of the guests who have been on my show, I always start by saying Roy Orbison Jr. I don't know that that makes him the face on the, on the Mount Rushmore, but I think it certainly gets people's attention. And then when I follow immediately behind that with the five that I just mentioned to you, uh, I usually then tack on the fact that I've had five Grammy Award winners, a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, a Las Vegas headliner, three Emmy Award winners, and even people who have been on American Idol, The Voice, America's Got Talent, and The X Factor. And I'm always clear that one of them actually won The Voice because I know there are so many people that have been on those reality shows and a lot of them do a lot of podcasts. So as much as I want to give their due for those that have been on the four shows that I mentioned, I think it's really cool to highlight that I actually had someone that actually won The Voice because that really makes her stand out. And again, I think it just adds more credibility to my show where people say, okay, you can stop with the list. We get it that you get good guests. I mean, it's it's not even out yet, um, but I recently interviewed in his home, mind you, in his home, uh, the guitar player for Supertramp. So, you know, when you are embraced by guests in that way, I think it's kind of your calling card that people have already decided even before they've met you or spoken to you that there is a degree of respect that they have for your body of work that they're happy to make these accommodations, whether it's their time, whether it's come to my home and we'll do it, or just the mere fact of, yes, I will give up an hour out of my day uh, to, you know, to record an interview with you. That's so great. Thank you for saying that because what I do and how, I'm, how I do my show is a great, you, you have a great example of how to do it. Thank you for, for saying that. Sure. Thank you. So tell us about Bruce's bonus book. Bruce's bonus book is a ebook series that I launched out of the podcast because the longer that I was doing the podcast, the more I realized that somebody's going to discover this show and they're all of a sudden going to realize he gives out a helpful tip in the middle, but I'm not about to go all the way back to episode one and listen to it to say, where did he give out the bonus? What did he say? Let me write it down. And now let me move on to episode two. You know, and this might be somebody who discovered it, you know, back at, say, episode 171, for example. And they're going to say, I don't have that kind of time. So I thought, well, here's an easy resource that I can create for performers who want to hear that helpful tip that I gave out to the aspiring singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers. 
and I can make it available as an ebook. That way, if they just want it on their phone, if they want it on their tablet, maybe they're headed to a TV studio to go be interviewed and they can look up in there. What tips does Bruce have, you know, according to the, the category index at the back? What tips does Bruce have in there about media interviews? Or maybe they're killing some time before they're going to go on. They start performing at 7 and it's 6.20 and they say, I got 40 minutes to kill. Maybe they look in the Bruce's bonus book and see what does Bruce have about live shows? Let me get some last minute tips. So I put out that four volume series because I know what these artists are asking because they are the very people that I've been serving as clients. And then I have the experts in the industry who have been on my show. So they're getting advice from me and they're getting insights from the guests. And it just made too much sense to not just let those live only wherever you listen to the podcast. And so that thus that's what, what created Bruce's bonus book. The segment was always called Bruce's bonus. And I thought, well, to be consistent with the branding, let's just call it Bruce's bonus book. That's awesome. Now, with all the advice that's in Bruce's bonus book, I ask you, what is the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice I've ever been given is actually from the man that I worked for when I worked at softball, which he was really always impressing upon us how important it is to be seen. When you keep in mind that we were the world governing body for the sport, you can appreciate that he would actually fly halfway around the world sit in a meeting for three hours and then fly all the way back just because it was kind of the old out of sight, out of mind thing. So he would say, if I wasn't there, nobody would be thinking about our sport. And so I think a lot of times people wonder, well, if Bruce isn't speaking at some of these events, why does he travel so much? Why does he go to so many events? And there's so many opportunities there that you're going to miss out on if you're not seen, if you're not there to make opportunities for yourself if you're not there to meet new people, if you're not there to be a promoter and tell people about your business, your product, your service, in my case, you know, my podcast or about now here, this the company. So, you know, that advice really has stuck with me all these years that, that you have to be seen. And I think we saw that during the pandemic because everybody said, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to meet? How are we going to have events? And everybody jumped online and did everything through video conferencing. And we still see it, even though the pandemic is over, that people are still getting on video conferencing platforms to see each other. But I think it just kind of reinforces how important it is that you get yourself seen somehow. And granted, I don't know that I would go halfway around the world just to sit in a meeting for three hours. But at the same time, if it makes sense for my business, I'm going to go to the events where like I said, if I'm not a speaker there, you can rest assured that, that I'm accomplishing multiple things for my business. The flip side of that coin, if someone listened to this today and says, you know what, Bruce is right. I want to get into broadcasting. What's the best advice you would give them to start? Well, for starters, I would tell them to listen to someone who they really respect and admire and enjoy. And I don't want to say to mimic that person, but I use that example because in the broadcasting that I do at the University of Tampa, I am exposed to students who are trying to get into broadcasting. And I try to be careful because they're not hiring me to teach these students. But at the same time, with all my years of experience, 
I will kind of slip in a suggestion now and then. And that's always a suggestion that comes to my mind when I hear a student that is trying to do sports broadcasting and they're talking about something that's very irrelevant that really doesn't belong on the broadcast. One of the first things I want to tell them is go and watch an NFL broadcast with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and come back and tell me, did you hear them talking about a sport other than football? Did you hear them talking about the music that's playing in the stadium? Did you hear them talking about et cetera, et cetera? Because those are top broadcasters who are being highly paid by the top networks that are carrying the NFL. And there's a lot to be learned from them. A lot of people will always go with the whole, the less said, the better. You don't need to fill up every moment, which is always a great tip. But I think it's important to listen to the pros do exactly that, not just listen to the concept, but actually listen to someone practice it, which in that case, you know, for Joe and Troy to listen to them and say, aha, this is someone who I would like to model my style after. So as we'd like to wind down the interview, I always like to throw in one fun question. And the question is, what sort of shows or music are you currently into right now? Ironically, my wife and I were going through a long, long period of time where we really didn't watch much TV at all. The exception being Tampa Bay Rays baseball, Tampa Bay Lightning hockey, Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. And now I really find myself getting caught up in a lot of the original series that are made for Netflix or made for Showtime or made for whoever. And I find that because I spent that long period of time of not watching anything, that, I, that I'm kind of playing catch up. So, you know, I watched the whole Breaking Bad series. I watched mm. Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I watched Ozark. And these are all shows that the rest of America is watching. <laughs> and I feel like I'm catching up. But I'll tell you, it's really kind of nice. I think people get overwhelmed by the quote-unquote 600 cable channels. But I don't even have cable. We just do... YouTube TV, we do Netflix, we do HBO Max, those types of things. And it's nice to be able to sit there and pick and choose the content that you want and then be able to have it be something where, okay, let's continue on with this series as opposed to sitting down and investing, you know, two hours in a movie that you say, well, it had good stars in it. That's the only reason I watched it and didn't mm. turn out to be so good after all. So I'm I'm really enjoying a lot of the things that we're picking out. It's amazing. I work with a, a couple of younger gentlemen who obviously were born post 9-11. And I have to remind them when I grew up, when I was a young boy, I had a TV with four channels and none of them were in color. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, they don't under, quite understand that very much. So you have to, you know, draw it out for them. And, and it makes you appreciate, you know, what this younger generation has at the touch of a, of a touch of a button. So, yeah, I, I, that's awesome that you're watching shows that have, you know, like I wish I could watch Breaking Bad again for the first time. <laughs> well, so. and they're doing a really good job of the spinoffs because I'm mm -hmm. glad you're giving me the opportunity to also slip in Better Call Saul. That's another one that we've been watching. And they really do a good job of, finishing one show and all of a sudden you're automatically going to go into another one because this character has continued on from this or they're launching it as a prequel to the one that you just finished watching. Right. So I like that concept and this on-demand stuff 
is just wonderful because like you said, back in those days, it was, these are the only channels we get. These are the only times that these shows come on. And now it's, you watch it when it's convenient for you. And Oh, by the way, it could be your phone, your tablet, your laptop, or you can even watch it on your smart TV. So the content is there. It's really more a matter of finding time <laughs> to watch yeah, what's out no there. there. So what's next for Bruce? What's next is I still have, fortunately, some speaking engagements coming up the rest of this year that are on the calendar. And I always am keeping an eye out for what milestones might be coming up on the horizon podcast wise. Uh, I, I like to really trumpet those. And there's also a couple of potential clients that I'm talking to that are exciting. It's been fun over the years to watch now hear this grow from focusing on just entertainer clients to entertainers, authors, entrepreneurs. I do a little bit of one-on-one podcast coaching. So it's really been nice to watch the company evolve in that way. There was a period of time actually when I moved uh, that when I was living in Jacksonville for that year and a half, I was working for three different full service agencies. And at the time, I didn't think that I liked the idea of working on a few different clients at once. And so when I got the softball job, I thought this is more like it, just kind of you know working on one main thing. And now I've come full circle because it is nice to have this diverse portfolio where you might be working on a singer-songwriter and then in the next hour you're working on an author and then in the next hour you're working on one of your own podcasts uh, and maybe in between that you're returning an email from someone whose event that you're going to be a speaker at. So there's there's always plenty going on with Bruce and with Now Hear This and I'm excited about the second half of 2022 because of a lot of the different fires that I have a poker in. As we begin to wind this down, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? I would love for folks to go to nowhearthis.net. And of course, that's H-E-A-R. And at nowhearthis.net, there's logos that are linked there to various social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. There's a newsletter there that you can sign up for that only comes out once a week because I get bombarded by so many people who want to send you emails five days a week that I am so turned off by it that it's kind of my promise to the newsletter subscribers is I'm only (laughs) going to email you every Wednesday when the new podcast episode comes out. But it's also a way for me to just keep people updated on what I'm up to and where I'm going and things like that. So uh, now hear this.net, H-E-A-R, and you're off and running from there. And of course, there's certainly loads and loads of links there to listen to the podcast as well. So I end my interviews with my absolute favorite question. And the question is this, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of earth? It's a phrase that I heard years ago and I've never let go of, which is it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. And I think that I have subconsciously tried to live by that both personally and professionally and it has really served me well because I think it's very easy to get caught up in thinking that you want to be somebody important and especially social media certainly adds to that but people will remember you if you're kind to them 
I think they're going to remember you for the wrong reasons if you're trying too hard to be important. So I love the expression, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Love it. That is a great, great one. Bruce, thanks ever so much for taking the time to come on today. I know, like I said, you're very busy, but thank you so much. This has been an absolute blast. My pleasure, my pleasure. And I'm really, really thankful to you for having me on. Thank you so much. And just like that, Deval Nation, we come to the end of episode 105. I want to thank Bruce for taking the time out of his very busy schedule to speak with me. He's a solid bloke, and I am glad that he and I got to connect. Tune in again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. As we finish up this episode, I got to see Wales' defeat by England in the World Cup and by that loss, eliminating us from the tournament. While this is not the outcome I had in mind, I am still very proud of the Wales team for qualifying for the World Cup after 50 plus years. Let's hope for better fortune in 2026. Okay, a few housekeeping items before we close out today. Have you had a chance to check out our store on TeePublic? We have everything from magnets, stickers, and mugs, plus we have a carefully curated collection of t-shirts put together by myself and Mrs. Duval. Be sure to go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com. Look on the banner on the left. It says merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on TeePublic. And as always, we want to thank TeePublic for being such great partners. On behalf of the entire team here at the Derek Duval Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, do your part to help those less fortunate than yourself this holiday season. As I'm sure some of you are aware, the pandemic ruined a lot of lives financially, so good people out there are struggling. Please help however you can during the season of giving. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.